everyone and welcome to the IMTV Women's Podcast. This is episode 81 and due to um, coronavirus and us practicing our social distancing, we are going to be Skyping this week. Um, no, the Redmond office was closed, so <laughs> we had no choice but to, um, but to Skype. But as you can say, Amy's here and we are joined by Emma for this week's pod. Um, hey guys. Hi. Hey guys. <laughs> this feels really weird. It is like, weird. It feels really odd. I don't know yeah. how I feel about it. I've never done a group Skype call before. Oh, you know I have. This is, this is going to be weird. the future. If coronavirus never goes away, this is how we're going to have to interact on a daily basis. God, well, don't say I, that. <laughs> I had to FaceTime my grandma the other night and she's, oh, 80. Yeah. she's like 88, I think. Oh, 89, something like that, and all I could see was just one eye. So oh. <laughs> I was like, I can't see you. And she went, yeah, but I can see you. So it's okay. Yeah, like, right. we, uh, we Facetime my grandma and grandma because I don't want to go round because just in case I give it to them, I don't have yeah. it. Just in case I haven't gone round since I've come home, and we Facetime them, and all we can see was my granddad's ear. And I was like, oh, he thought it was a football, and he was inside of his ear. And we were like. Oh, it's video! Well, I FaceTimed my sister's dog yesterday, so... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there wasn't much speech, but it was good. The only good thing about this social distancing is that I can actually be with the dog. Oh, I'm forced to be here. <laughs> yeah, that is cute. I can't Sad. fully, like, social distance, though, because I've still got to go to work, so I'm like... So do I. Yeah. Although I'm glad about that because I will literally lose my mind. I had one day in the house on Monday. Don't know what day it is. Wednesday. Still jet lagged. Um, yeah, on Monday, and I was like, I think I went for about three runs. I was bored. Was that the night? <laughs> was that the night I was texting you and you? It was like half. It was like quarter to eleven, yeah, and yeah. you were like, I'm just, "Oh, sorry, I've just been out for a run," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Yeah, losing my mind. Anyway, <laughs> well, we'll crack on with, I think, the biggest, apart from coronavirus, the biggest talking point in, in women's football at the minute is obviously the whole Euros yeah. saga that's happening at the minute. Obviously, the men's Euros has been pushed back till next year now, uh, pretty much the same time as the women's give or take a few days. Um, do you think, what do you think is going to happen with it all? Do you think it, it's going to be a case of... The first couple of games of the women's Euros is like back to back with the men's, or the dates will change, or do you reckon our competition will be pushed back? What, what do you think is going to be going on with it? So, what I think is going to happen is the Euros is going to be delayed by a year, the women's Euros. Um, that seems the most likely uh, solution at the moment, and that's what everyone seems to be talking about as the way forward. Me personally, I don't, I don't think I'd mind that too much because obviously the men's World Cup is going to be in the winter so there is a summer slot there um and I just think if yeah it would be nice for the women's games to be kind of played back to back with the men's but from a personal point of view that's going to be a hell summer at work (laughs) but also I just think give the women that kind of their own limelight and with it being a home Euros and obviously the men's ones is kind of it's split across across was it 12 cities in Europe so It's just going to be a, a nightmare to sort out. So I just think, for the sake of everyone, it's easier to postpone the women's one for a year 
um, give it the limelight, give it the entire summer. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's what that's what's going to happen. And from I think it was Rob Harris from the AP. He did an interview with um, with the FIFA with the UEFA president yesterday, and I think that's judging by his response to his question. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. It's going to be delayed by a year. Is there any chance yeah. to actually do it in the same? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, but like after or is yeah. that not? Yeah, I mean, possible? there's definitely a chance because at the moment I think the men's final is uh, four days after the start of the women's, I think. So I think the men's is due to finish on the 11th of July. The women's kick starts at, on the 7th of July at Old Trafford. So there's only a four-day window where the, there's a crossover. So you could potentially move it back a week, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that like it's so easy to do it's not okay. there's like serious financial implications and all kinds to sort out with that but in theory you could potentially move it back a week and then do the two tournaments back to back but um, if you're going to move it back a week I just think why not move it back an entire year and then like you say you give it that that summer limelight and it's a tournament in its own right it's not in the shadow of the men's tournament yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of shouts of like people saying oh we'll do just do it back to back and then it's you know it might bring more attention to the women's and more crowds or whatever but I was thinking it, it, it probably won't though because yeah. in one hand the people love the fact that there's loads of football loads of sport on tv and summers and stuff like that but then if it's just constant game after game after game after game people you do get sick of it you do yeah. You think, and like, you don't want, you know, say for example, England men to be playing, and then literally straight after England women play, because then people will be like, well, I'm not really interested, so I'm not going to watch it. So it's the same thing. Whereas if it's given its own summer, its own build up, then people probably are more inclined to pay more attention because, like you said, there's no World Cup because it's in the it's in the winter. So then you are giving it its its own like platform sort of type thing. Yeah, like I, I completely agree because I just think the men's games, with it being split across so many cities as well in Europe, it's yeah. not like it's it's a home Euros. I think people, yeah. obviously the England men's team are playing uh, at Wembley for a lot of the tournament and that that's just a case of, you know, a luck of the draw. And obviously if they reach semi-finals and the finals, the men's, uh, that that's at Wembley as well. So yeah. it is kind of like a home Euros, but it's not really in, in the grand scheme of things. So I think... Like, I heard a couple of shouts yesterday um, from people saying, oh, why don't you just play, like, a women's game in the morning in the same stadium before a men's game? And I was like, well, no, because it's not 
it's not a home year. It's like there's so what like involved. our kickoff be like half eleven in the morning. Or something, yeah, so, like... yeah. So kind of like what they did at the Belize, where you have like one stadium and then you have you know an early game and a late game. But that's just not, in my opinion, that's just never ever going to work. So. Um, yeah, Amy's just like no. No. The thing no. is, though, the only thing that I think about, you know, there was that massive schedule that came out with all the stadiums are going to play and when they're going to play, when each group's yeah. going to. Is it as simple as literally just like picking it up and moving that to the next year? Because what I'm if there's already events that are planned to go mm. ahead in certain stadiums or. Yeah. There's like, I don't know, concerts and things. They get put in, st- in stadiums sometimes as well, don't they? But so is it really as simple as literally just going, okay, it's not going to happen in 2021. Let's just put it all in the same place in 2020. No, is that, that going to be an that's issue? That's exactly it. Like, it's going to be a massive issue. And that's the problem with, and this is the problem with what's happened with the men's Euros. Like, there's sponsors involved. So, um, yeah. you know, sponsors are paid for this. Obviously, TV rights, broadcasters, um, like you say, the venues, even things like security, um like yeah, that's all, big. all of that is going to be affected. So it is like there's no simple solution to it, and that's that's kind of what I was meaning earlier when I said like you can't just move it back a week because it's the same. If you're going to move it back a week or you're going to move it back a year, it's the same implications, whether that be you know the financial or you know just the general organisation of it. It's just it's basically a nightmare <laughs> the whole thing. So what kind of happens in terms of like preparation as well because obviously Mm -hmm. like we're already talking about it now and there's already questions as to whether it'll be Phil Neville we don't know at this point you would you would assume yes whether what his team's going to be like he's obviously had meetings with his players and goes look we're all now working towards that 2020 benchmark obviously the Olympics was involved as well but I don't really know what's happening with the Olympics at the moment either it's looking more likely that it's gonna get postponed or, or pushed back or whatever but in terms of like preparation, how does that change things? Because that's another whole year. Maybe in England's case, it's probably a good thing because of the yeah. situation they're in at the moment. But maybe for other teams that have had that benchmark, maybe the ones that aren't going to um, the Olympics who have already started preparing for 2021, what does that sort of mean to them? And how do they sort of like get around that? Because obviously it's a massive, massive disruption to the football calendar and over not just one year but a few years now yeah I think that's really important I think so just on the Olympics so the IOC of their meeting this week so they started their meetings yesterday and we should hopefully find out by the end of the week whether the Olympics is going to be postponed so they're in talk so after yesterday's meeting they said that they were still I think it was fully committed um to going you know like full ahead with with the with the Olympics which to me just sounds mad Um, oh yeah Especially yeah. the situation we're in at the moment, it's just a bit like... Yeah, well, obviously that was before the news broke last night that the uh, Japanese FA president has come down with coronavirus. So I think they might... Uh, I think he's also the vice chairman of the Olympic Committee. I might be wrong there. That's fabulous. But, yeah, he's not so going to be in their meetings then, is he? Things. Yeah, he's going to be doing yeah, so... what we're doing. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's got a laptop now, him. He will. Yeah, so it'd be interesting what happens there. But I think the Phil Neville thing's really interesting because the FA have publicly backed him. Um, they've said they want him in for the Olympics and the Euros. It's all part of a two-year plan. Even at the start of the She Believes, you know, he told us that um, he'd worked really closely with Sue Campbell. Phil has a really good relationship with Sue Campbell. And um, she was, like, massively on board with him bringing in the young players as part of this two-year plan working towards the Euros. So if they were to delay that by a year, then... 
it does give the FA an opportunity to rethink their plans, whether or not they still think Phil is the man for the job, whether or not Phil still thinks that he can motivate these players for another, you know, another two years rather than just that one year building up to it. Because at the moment, the England camp, they have a training training camp in April and then they don't meet up again for an actual inter- international until September. So really, he's got the Olympics and then he's got, what is it, like nine months or something to prepare for what would be a Euros in the summer. So if that was to then be put back a year, that's like he's literally got another year and nine months to prepare. And that's, you know, for a new manager coming in, that is long enough, in my opinion, to yeah. build something. So the FA, I think, would... I think they'd have to have a think about whether or not, you know, there's somebody else who could come in and, and do that job. So it would raise a lot of interesting questions if it was put back a year. Do you think that camp in April will still go ahead? Uh, at the moment, no. I think that's... Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. So then if, if that camp in April doesn't go ahead, it's and then say, that, say for some unknown reason that the Olympics does go ahead, that's obviously, like... He hasn't got a full line as a squad there. So then, like you were saying, it's September before he sees them all again. That's like a really big gap. I would imagine if they were to cancel the Olympics and the coronavirus um, had kind of passed by, be um, they, they would try and, yeah, they would try and organise some kind of international fixture. Yeah. You don't know. I, I think he was quite keen to, um, and again, this is nothing confirmed, but I think they would probably be quite keen to try and organise some kind of, whether or not it's just a training camp or um, something before the Olympics anyway, yeah. um, just to get you know the GB squad together, let alone the England squad. So I'd imagine there, there would be something. No, he's got no time. Because no. like, I was, before like going into the Olympics, I don't really know if this happens, but do you usually, because obviously it's not just England players and he won't be as familiar with some of the players that will be in the squad as he is with the likes of Steph Horton, for example. Like he's not going to be yeah. as 100% um, like in with with them. Is that, do they usually have like a, a camp before the Olympics where they get together or do they literally just like fly into it? Because as you said, if the Olympics still goes ahead... Mm. it doesn't really seem like there's going to be any point in time where he can have that time with the whole of the GB squad obviously he knows what they're capable of he knows where they play and stuff but when it comes to it you can't just throw a team out that haven't really played with each other because how how are they meant to be successful when they don't really know how each other plays is there like a specific camp before the Olympics that they would have gone to there might might not be but if there is that's probably not going to go ahead either so it just seems like everyone's preparation for the Olympics is going to be completely ruined. Even athletes that, that compete in singular sports that are not team sports, that's even going to be affected by it. Yeah, well, obviously they've banned kind of, in terms of like just the athletes, they've banned training and, you know, there's yeah. no gyms and stuff available. So like, I know Katarina Johnson-Thompson tweeted yesterday mm-hmm. and she was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So yeah, everyone's massively affected. But it, it's a good question about the camps because they've only competed in the Olympics once before and that was in 2012. Yeah. So, um, and I think I'm trying, like, I was was a lot younger then, so I'm trying to, like, think back. <laughs> I think they had a camp before, but I'm not entirely sure. But you would imagine that they would you at least... Haven't you? You've got... Yeah, you'd imagine you'd at least, well, even if it's part of the same 
camp as in like yeah. you just meet a week earlier and you you train and stuff but I know Phil's been um Phil and Bev Priestman they've been going to like WSL games probably yeah. probably about the last year trying to um sort of have a look at everyone um I know he's spoken to like players from Wales Scotland and I'm not sure about Northern Ireland although he has come out publicly and said he's spoken to players of every nation but wow. I know he's definitely spoken to players from Wales and Scotland um and he's yeah, and he's he's obviously told them a long list of players that um, he's been looking at. So the players who are on his radar know that already. They've known that for months. So he he has an idea of the squad, um, but obviously the fact that there's hardly been any WSL games like the last two months as well hasn't exactly yeah. helped. Um, so I just think the whole the whole thing is it's just a bit of a shambles, really, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> But um, well, it's, it's probably for the best if the Olympics gets postponed because just nobody's prepared. Yeah, yeah, and I think I don't think Japan would mind because judging by their performances at the Shibali's Cup, which was really disappointing from their point of view. If you look at them as a nation that they were going through a transition at the World Cup, um, they brought through a lot of younger players. Mm. This Shibali's Cup was essentially, you know, a big warm-up tournament for them for their host, you know, host games, Olympic games, and. Uh, and they were poor, so I think yeah. I think they might quite like the idea of, of another year, maybe. <laughs> I think a lot of teams would. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah apart from in... Spain. I think Spain are, Spain are pretty happy with Spain where actually did really well, didn't they? Like, Very well, yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people were expecting Spain to play the way they did. Yeah, they've, they've, they've come on a lot in the last year, mm. so I think... Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say I was surprised by how good they, they were, Um but they were definitely sort of a breath of fresh air. They were yeah. really good. And yeah. actually, the game against USA was like phenomenal. That was that was such a good game. And yeah. big up Julia it's coming up with the with the header. Was it eighty fifth minute, eighty sixth minute? Eight, yeah, um, I can't cope. Yeah. she's just I can't cope. She's amazing. So like, yeah. But Spain, Spain were brilliant. Like they've they've got some really good midfielders. Everyone knows that they play like possession football and they keep the ball really well. But They've they they've got some good players, so they're they're definitely one to watch. It so. probably helps that like the likes of Barcelona and Atletico are doing well, mm. and they're sort of yeah. rising as well. So if you've got yeah. that talent in the Spanish teams to begin with, and you're sort of like breeding them into the international team as well, it it only means for success, really, doesn't it? If if the team in the country is doing well. Yeah. The players are going to be more confident going into national games and and things like that. Well, that's it. The Spanish domestic league is just it's just grown so much in the last twelve months, yeah. and uh, you know that they're starting to pump money into it. I remember when I spoke to um, Tony Duggan, um, I think it was back in November time, and she was talking about how um, TV and and like sponsors and stuff in Spain were starting to get on board with the teams, and obviously she's at Atletico Madrid now, so she was at Barcelona the season before, so she's kind of seen that progression over the last two years of kind of how the domestic game's grown in Spain and it was really interesting to hear sort of her take on how much it had grown just in the last 12 months and you could see that out in America. Yeah. In terms of like she believes things of she went over, what was it like media wise? Mental. Uh, <laughs> no, it was... Uh, <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> no, it was... <laughs> I'm so tired. No, it was it was it was really good. Um, the the US media access is just like incredible. So really, uh, yeah, it's, it's different to ours. Yeah, so we were the FA 
the FA are really good with like the women's football side of stuff. And um, yeah, love you, David and Wendy. <laughs> but, uh, but it was just another level. Like obviously, you look at the likes of Megan Rapino and Rose Lavelle, Julia, and they and Carly Lloyd as well. The players that are in such demand, and yeah. they, the way they speak, it's that you can tell they're passionate about growing the game. So. They don't see media as, as a chore. They see it as part and parcel of the game. That's something they want to be involved in because they have things that they want to talk about yeah. and they have opinions that they want to say. So it's it wasn't a case of us kind of being like, can we get this? Can we get this? It was just, who do you want? Um, oh, we'd like to speak to Megan Rapino, and she would happily come out. She'd give us her time. She was honest. She was brilliant as usual. Um, it was just really incredible to see these phenomenal footballers that are the best in the world at what they do. Yeah. Talk about, obviously, the things about equal pay. So when we were in Dallas, um, so basically after the game, we had to run. And when I say run, I mean literally run through the stadium to get to the mix zone. But we have to be in the mix zone basically at 90 plus one minutes. So you have to file your match report pretty much on like the 86th 87th minute so when England let in an 84th minute goal against Spain in Dallas I was cursing quite heavily this was also the night that Liverpool got knocked out of the Champions League so I wasn't in the best of moods um <laughs> I, so I had to like basically rewrite my entire 800 word report um run down through the crowd so we were literally there there was Susie Rapp from The Guardian. I think it was Claire Bloomfield from Daily Mail that was running with us as well. Molly Hudson might have been with us from times. And um, we literally had like laptop in hand, like phone in another, <laughs> headphones, bottle of water because it was like boiling hot. We're sweating like no end, running through this crowd uh, to get to the mix zone. And then I then finished off, I think like the last couple of paragraphs of my match report on my phone <laughs> in the mix zone. Um and then they just kind of whizzed, like they'd just whip, like, whip the players through. So obviously what we were going to ask the players on like the 80th minute would have been slightly different to what we asked yeah. them 10 minutes later because they'd then conceded a goal, finished the tournament with three, three points out of, out of a possible nine, one win out of three. Um, it changes the whole dynamic. So you've then got to kind of think on your toes, right, what questions are we going to ask now? Um, you don't know what mood they're going to be in. So it was all a bit mental. But yeah, um, Nikita Paris came came out, I think, first, um, two words anyway. I think Leah Williamson and Beth Ingham was doing some stuff with TV down at the other end. And Nikita came out and she was she was devastated, you could see on her face. Uh, I thought she was going to cry, actually. It was, it, was, it was really hard to see how disappointed she was on behalf of the England team because that, that late goal um, against, sorry, it was against Japan, not Spain, uh yeah no it was Spain it was Spain yeah <laughs> Spain. Uh, that late goal against Spain just sort of it just killed it really um yeah. I think that was the moment when they all they all sort of looked at themselves and said yeah we need to take responsibility for the fact that we've not been playing it the way that we can and she came out and she was honest in her interview and said she actually directed one of her answers at us and said look you're right to kind of question us and you're right to question Phil, but don't hammer him, hammer us, which was quite, and she was really like, yeah, she was getting quite emotional about it and she was very strong on it. So, um, so that was, that was 
hard to see, but good to see at the same time because it showed how much she cared about about the defeat and about you know the way this England team was going. So uh, Phil came out; he was really honest. Um, you know, obviously said that people needed to ask questions about his job. So that was yeah, that was a busy a busy mix zone. And then we then went back to obviously transcribe all that, write it all up while uh, the USA were playing their final match against Japan. And um, then we, I had to do the whole thing all over again, run back to the mix zone. Um, and as I was running back. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We stopped because uh, USA like were on the attack and they scored a goal. I can't remember who, who got the last one. Was it Carly Lloyd, maybe? Um, but anyway, so we watched that goal, got back in the mix zone, and then the US president, uh, well, US Soccer Federation, released the statement on equal pay. So, again, we had to read the statement really, really quickly and then uh, basically kind of grab the, the US media officer and say, have you seen this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, no. <laughs> we were like, read it. So, he, you know, we were like, make sure Megan Rapinoe and Carly Lloyd and everyone reads this. So he was like, oh boy. So, um, yeah, so then we then got them and I think I left the stadium at about half 11 at night. I'd been there since maybe, I don't know, half 10 in the morning, 11 a.m. Um, and... Yeah, we'd spoken to like Kylie Lloyd, Megan Rapinoe, and we'd done a press conference with Flacco from from the US team, and then obviously went home and then had to type all that up. So um, that was a long day. <laughs> but, it was, yeah, it, it was good. Who was the best person that you spoke to in the whole trip? Who, who, who did you enjoy speaking? I mean, to? I know it's obvious and everyone says oh the media are obsessed with Megan Rapino but it's because when you actually speak to her and you hear how intelligent and passionate she is it's mind-blowing so I thought going there I thought oh I can't wait to speak to like Rose Lavelle and she was like really cool and um I was just interested to see like what her character was like because um I hadn't really kind of seen her come across as um 
I don't I, I hadn't really seen her personality as much as I had seen the other players, so I was quite intrigued to see what she was like. Um, but it, I was I was just blown away by by Rapino. Just like even in the aftermath of that that new statement coming out, they just won the She Believes Cup. She scored that incredible goal as well from the free kick in the last game. And she just came out to the mix zone. Um, obviously, there was cameras everywhere. All the Japanese press were there as well. And her team. what was most telling was that her teammates came out to watch her speak to the press. Really? So wow. Lindsay Horan was in the corner. Carly Lloyd, who we'd just spoken to, stayed there. Um, I think there was someone else as well. Maybe Crystal Dunn might have been there. Um, and they were stood in the corner watching her speak to us because what she was saying was just so inspirational and it was just absolutely spot on she was she was talking about the team and um how everyone was together and she did like you know it was completely unacceptable the statement and at time so even after they just won a tournament where they'd beaten England they'd confirmed themselves as definitely the world's best team there was no question about it they were heads and shoulders over everyone um, they'd had their celebrations on the pitch and she had come back in and read the statement. And, you know, Carly Lloyd, went, when we spoke to her, admitted, she said, look, I've not read the entire statement. I've read bits of it and I've been told they've been filled in. But you could tell that Megan had read the entire thing. Mm. So it was just the, yeah, it, she just blew me away because she, clear, she clearly cared so much about it and her teammates cared so much about what she said. And, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Wow. He did that thing, didn't he, as well, before the match, with, like, with his yeah. T-shirts inside out and all stuff like that. Yeah, so that was quite funny, because we asked her about that. Obviously, we said, was that pre-planned? And they said, no, we literally decided on the day that that mm. was what we were going to do. Um, but Megan, she did laugh, because uh, they didn't realise that when they... So they, they turned it inside out. They didn't realise that their four stars were the only things that were showing. Yeah. Um, so that was that was purely accidental. They didn't even plan that. They just turned the shirts inside out and went, "Oh, look at that!" And then yeah. just just went with it. So she told us that, and she said, "Oh, yeah, it was just it was kind of fitting, really, that the only thing that was on show was our was our success." So um, that's it. Because yeah. like that that whole statement from like the US soccer was like was mad. Like, and you're reading it yeah. and thinking, "Is that actually like what what someone said?" And then for them for them to do that, and it was just the four stars, and like everyone was yeah. like, everyone in like women's football was like who was like interested in that sort of thing was like buzzing off it as well because yeah. this is a, this is a team that's like won four four World Cups. Their men's team hasn't even got close to doing that, and no. they they the their presidents coming out and going, oh, they're not skilled enough. Well, oh. They they just just those four stars. There just proves. They're yeah, much more skilled than than the men's team in, in yeah. o- over there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. And I think when people say every time you know these amazing women talk about equal pay, people across across the globe, so people here will go, "Oh, well, they don't bring in, in the same amount of money." And it's true, we don't in England. Yeah. And but nobody's calling for it in England. You know, no. the English, you know, the lionesses aren't saying we should be getting paid the same as England men because they recognise that they don't they don't draw that same kind of marketing value but over in america the u.s women's national team bring in more money than the men Um, they they attract bigger crowds and like you say they're far more successful so it's it's a completely different argument and it's it's a no-brainer really but um yeah i mean obviously the by the time i so i flew back via we we flew back the next day via orlando so it took sort of well 
it felt like a week yeah I think it took about 40 hours before I eventually got home but oh. um, by the time I got home um the president had had resigned and and obviously um you know they brought someone else in so it was what she said had had an effect not just her yeah. obviously but um you know Megan Rapino was clearly sort of leading the way so I feel like some people like especially I know social media can be like the best but the worst place in the world like especially when it comes to this like equal pay argument some people don't actually know what the US women have achieved and they're so quick to go oh but they're women they don't bring as much as men but Mm. like they don't for one they don't take the time to actually look into the situation and be like well what are the points for and what are the points against they just go oh because Mm. they're women they don't need to get paid as much. They're, like the men's team obviously has done more than the women's team. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, if they just take the time to maybe, before they get behind the keyboard and say, oh no, these women don't deserve to, actually look at the statistics, look at what they've achieved, compare that to the men. And then maybe I think a lot more people would understand. Yeah. And I yeah. think with like what, what the, um, the statement said about being more skilled, that's it's just so irrelevant you don't to be a footballer you don't have to even be skilled you can be athletic you can be dynamic fair enough having skill obviously helps yeah but to sort of call something it would have made more sense not saying they should to go physically women are less able because that is genuinely like an anatomical thing women are smaller less muscle size that would be so much more like it would prove their point so much better than saying something like skill like it's yeah. like that is a national like federation who have sat down and go oh what should what should we reply to that let's talk about the skill level and it's just like it's what? interesting you had what? nothing else though yeah well yeah, exactly. on, on that we asked uh, Carly Lloyd actually referenced that in um, in her response um so yeah I asked her whether she'd seen the new statement and she was responding to that and then she went back to the old statement and she talked about how she still trains with I think it was the boys under 18 team I think it was that she said um and she still trains with them now and she she turned around and she said I am more skillful than every single one of them put together and I'm 37 yeah she was like I'm 37 going on 38 years old and I you know I'm still better than all of them and uh, it was interesting and she was talking about that she was saying like when it comes to skill like yeah there's there's no comparison but she, she did say she said if you gave me their strength or their acceleration or their natural yeah. advantages that you that you just mentioned then she was like I would definitely be able to compete with all of them so yeah that it, that made me laugh actually it's just so frustrating that's yeah, the thing because if people were more educated on the picture as a whole they probably wouldn't be saying half the things that they were yeah. so when it it comes to things like that you just kind of have to go well we know the people that matter yeah. in women's football the people that watch it because they love it know know behind it and yeah. if other people choose not to and they choose to to take the mick out of it or whatever that's up to them but I just think the people that are involved are the ones that matter the most so as well, long as, as if long we as get more Juliets one, in the world then uh, I'm sure more and more people will watch kill, women's football I'm actually kill to be Juliet. She was phenomenal. So, like, I knew she was obviously. I knew she was one of the best players in the world, anyway. Um, but then, just watching her live, you don't see, you don't see the things off the ball that yeah. you see on yeah. the TV. So, um, I just like 
I mean, in obviously in the England USA game, she was she was incredible. Like Carly Lloyd was the best player on the pitch that day, but Julie just controlled everything, and it was the way she spoke. So even before I was talking to Claire Bloomfield about this, actually um, from the Mail, when we were watching the final game in Dallas, and um, there was somebody was making a pass, and she basically was already telling the person who the ball was going to where to play the next ball yeah so it hadn't even reached there and she was already directing there she was already running in that direction and then there was another time uh, I remember in the in the England game where she had uh, played the ball and and made the run for the return pass and um, whoever she had like tried to play a one-two with just wasn't on the same wavelength and she was frustrated, like so frustrated with them. And it was just like they kept the ball and yeah. it was just in midfield. I think it was, you know, near the sideline. It was like wasn't in a dangerous area. Like nothing came of it. But she was so frustrated that they just weren't on the same wavelength. And it was that kind of attitude that she just had the entire time. I mean, she was I think she was probably the best player against against Japan in USA's final game. Obviously, she scored the winning goal against Spain she was like instrumental against England she was just unbelievable and I like yeah. I just yeah she blew my her mind. knowledge of the game is ridiculous yeah absolutely incredible and like even I remember I think I watched a YouTube video ages ago now but you know like the women the US women put out a lot of um mm. YouTube content and it was like mic'd up with Juliet oh my god you have seen that it's Oh, it's I need to watch it because the amount of she literally does not stop. But oh, in yeah. that sort of position, you need someone like that because she can see. She's not obviously she's not a centre back, but she can see what goes on in front, and she's yeah. obviously got good knowledge of what goes on behind as well. But you need someone to constantly talk all the time, be like, "Oh, someone's coming onto you. Ah, oh, there's space here, there's space there," sort of thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes England miss looking at it from oh, massively, England, like, yeah. England needs someone like that well I know we... here while she's obviously still getting there she's still evolving as a player but she doesn't talk half as much as as Juliet does and you yeah. just need someone with that communication skill to be able to dictate the whole game which she does yeah well interesting before that USA game um Kieran Thieven from the Athletic he asked Phil about Juliet's in um our sort of sit down press conference before and um basically referred to the World Cup semi-final and said, oh, you know, basically England couldn't handle Juliet's in that World Cup semi-final. How do you handle her this time? And Phil admitted that if there was one player he could take out of that USA team, it would be Juliet's because mm. I don't think, like, Kira Walsh is a brilliant footballer. We know that. She does it week in, week out for Man City and, she, you know, range of passing is brilliant and she's only what 22 so she's she's going to get better but I, I do think she she is just a different she's a different player um I yeah. think Kira is more like a ball playing midfielder from sort of from from space if that yeah. makes sense so like yeah. she needs the space to play the play the balls play the passes and um whereas Julie kind of is more of a traditional DM I see like yeah. she's like a Fabino um so she yeah. just sort of sits back and she like there was <laughs> there was one moment um, sort of going back to that uh, that game in Dallas where yeah we were literally stood outside the mix zone waiting for the full time whistle to go and Japan had like a rare a rare break um, break of attack and we like we were at the other end so we could just see it from the Japanese point of view so they were moving forward in numbers and we were like oh like they've actually they've actually got numbers in attack here 
and uh and Juliet's just waited and waited and waited and then she she was like she's like a bulldozer then she just literally just came in and just went boom and like absolutely wiped the player out got the ball and then just set up a set up a, a USA attack and I think they got a corner from it and it was just like she's just insane wow. like yeah we haven't got anyone who has that kind of strength and athleticism all yeah. in one package yeah. who can just break down play yeah. and kick kickstart another attack in the way that she does it so frequently for the USA. In terms of England then, was there anyone new or old who yes. stood out for you that tournament? I think I know what you're gonna say, but Hempo. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren Hemp was absolutely phenomenal. Like she we was. knew that she we were excited that she was in the squad again because obviously she went to the World Cup as a training player. Yeah. Uh sorry she didn't go to the World Cup but she was in that sort of like training squad before. Um and then she watched the World Cup from home and then um she has obviously been part I think she made a debut against Portugal maybe. Um maybe a Czech Republic. She yeah. made a debut. Yeah, in a friendly recently. It was only a few months ago. Um, so I think her, it was a third cap, I think it was, against the USA. Yeah. Um, so we were all very excited to see her beforehand. There was obviously all the talk in the camp. Interestingly, the build-up to the game, every time we asked the players, so we spoke to Ellen White, uh, Steph Horton, I think we might have spoken to Leah before that game as well. Um, and then a couple of the press had sp- spoken to players at Chelsea um, after the Conti Cup final, and everyone had mentioned Lauren Hemp without being prompted. Like we'd asked about, oh, you know, how are the young players getting on? And she was the first name that people were talking about. So we could tell that there was excitement in the squad. And then that USA game, she was the best player for me. Like Carly Telford yeah. was brilliant at goal, but Lauren yeah. was just, oh, she was brilliant. Oh. She just drove at defenders. She had strength. She could read the game well. She wasn't overly excited. Like she didn't commit and break the break the press when you know like when it wasn't necessary it's like yeah. she knew what her position was and um oh, I, I thought she was she was brilliant because she was up against um Kelly O'Hara at the back yeah. and she had right back and like she's been she's been around for a while eh? like she's one of the best right backs in the world well, yeah literally <laughs> And she got the better of her like a couple yeah. of times as well. And, like there was a couple of times where she went past and she managed to get a, a, a cross into the box and and um, Ellen White was like close to a few of them, but like just couldn't get herself in the end of them because then you've got to go past like your Abby Dalgempit and all that. Like it's not gonna happen, <laughs> is it? Yeah. yeah. Um. But then so there was there was times I was sitting there and I was like, oh my god, like she's actually getting the better of, like, one of the best defenders in the world. And there was one moment where she got past there and Kelly O'Hara was, like, way back. Like, she can't <laughs> sprint back. And Rosa Bell just crossed it after, like, pure yeah. sprint, like, full pelt and, like, slide tackling. And it was, like, oh, a young player like that. She's playing with no fear. That's what it is. She's yeah. got... She- Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. She's got no weight. There's no weight on her shoulders. She hasn't got the whole thing of, like, her being in the World Cup semi-final. She's got none of that thought because I think yeah. Yeah. for some of our players going into that game, it was a case of we need to win today to get them back for that semi-final. But, yeah. like, you just didn't look like the USA were just miles above us. It just didn't even... Looked like it was going to happen because she was the one player where you thought if something if something is going to happen, it's going to come from here. Yeah, and you're right. She said before the game, um, I, I I forgot we actually spoke to her before the game. Uh, she said that she wanted to play without any fear, yeah. and for the whole time I remember I like I said this to her before the game. I remember speaking to her after she won England's Young Player of the Year. I think in maybe 2016 2015 26 like years ago and she was like a 15 year old or a 16 year old and um she was like really shy and really just like humble to play for England and then she's gone through the youth like the youth ages she's she did really well at Bristol obviously she's gone to Man City and she's um definitely sort of broken into that first team now regularly and she just seems to just go about her work and doesn't really appreciate how she's still 19 years old. I don't yeah. think she appreciates how much she has already achieved and in what feels like she's been around for ages, but yeah. it's not. It's just, like I say, she's gone through those age groups and she's continued to impress in every single one. Yeah. So, she, yeah, she absolutely... Like, there was, there was one moment, I think it was just before that one that you were referring to, where there was, like, a 50-50 challenge right on the touchline, and it was right in front of Phil Neville. And we were sat sort of um, only a couple of rows behind. So we could hear everything that Phil was saying in that game in Orlando. And um, <laughs> Lauren just came absolutely like bundling through, basically not like Kelly O'Hara straight off. She was like basically laid down like that. Yeah. And we were all looking at each other like, oh. And uh, Lauren just, she didn't even look down at her and be like, are you okay? She just went like that and walked off. And Phil turned around laughing. <laughs> he was like, obviously applauded her, and then he yeah. turned around and he was smiling and laughing as he like sat down in the dugout. And then he he said to us afterwards that like, he described her as as a bull on the pitch and referred to that moment where she just didn't care yeah. how Kelly O'Hara was. She was yeah. like, I've won the ball. Sit down and just walked <laughs> away. It was that. Oh, it was brilliant. It was such a good moment. <laughs> well, I think I think we should end it on a nice positive high note there. Yeah. Because um, we have been recording for 46 minutes now, so nice. we, don't, we don't want to bore people too much. Really, <laughs> I opinion. don't want to talk about the coronavirus anymore. Oh. That's all that everyone speaks about. No. Everyone but what, what I'm going to do... Is coronavirus, what? 
So what am I going to do for the rest of the day now? Oh, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> Can we just keep talking all day? We, just, we all just stay on. <laughs> but we're just like, we're going. <laughs> I'll just keep updating each other. Yeah. Oh, just go for a wee. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. That's that a bit far. <laughs> just me then. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll just keep putting it in there. No one will. No one will. <laughs> just eating a sandwich. <laughs> Oh god, we'll put it on it's Twitter. Like, it's like Emma Sanders left the chat. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like if this is one of them world situations where if you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> yeah. Do something. Well, but, on yeah. that note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Remember to like the video, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We don't know what will be happening next week. <laughs> it might be this again, we might be in the office, we have got no idea. Um, you just have to wait and see. But yeah, thanks for watching. Um, and we'll see you all soon. Bye.